Alright Competitor Nation, get ready for this brand new episode as we welcome one of the biggest and most popular motivational speakers and performance coaches. He works with the Alabama Crimson Tide football team, he works with the Miami Dolphins, he works with a number of professional college football teams, pro teams, as well as corporate teams. He is fired up, he is bringing it today and we are going to get into it, rolling to help you better compete every day. Get ready for today's episode with my man Ben Newman. Competitor Nation, Jake here, your Chief Encouragement Officer, and I cannot tell you how incredibly excited I am about today's conversation with Ben Newman and how ready I am to get it into your hands, into your ears. I am recording this immediately after our conversation and still fired up by what Ben brought to today's show, how he is able to encourage you, challenge you to show up and compete, to do the work but do it with a little bit of encouragement and fire along the way. So, man, today is a fun conversation. I hope you're strapped in. I hope you're ready. And I hope you have some pen and paper ready because Ben brings some incredibly valuable information for you to immediately start implementing and running with. And we talk all things around the burn. We talk his upcoming book, Leadership, Affirmations, and doing the work whether you're motivated or not. We kick it off with a little conversation around a post I made on Instagram around motivation being fickle and and how we both saw motivation as being necessary. But in my eyes, I saw it as overrated because I feel too many people too often are using a lack of feeling motivation as an excuse to not do the work. And how we all need that inner fire. Ben refers to it as his inner motivation is burn. I, I look at it as my purpose. I look at his motivation as more of that external side, that feeling we have of whether we're feeling like we want to go to the gym, we're feeling like we want to make that sales call, but our purpose inside is greater. And so you'll hear Ben and I talk at the very beginning of the show about how we looked at motivation a little bit differently initially until we had a conversation and how we both agree that you have to have that inner fire, that drive, that victory you're pursuing, that purpose of why you show up and compete. But then you got to get out and do the work consistently. You've got to build in the systems, the disciplines, the habits, the consistency, the the accountability needed to actually bring that burn, that purpose to life. Don't just rely on how you feel in the day. Create systems and accountability to show up and compete every single day. And so today's such an awesome conversation. I cannot wait for you to hear it. I want to remind you before we dive into the show about the Morning Competitor Text Club. If you are in there, I love talking to you every morning. I love getting to start my day by sending you a quick motivational, encouraging, or empowering message. And if you are listening to the show for the first time and want to be a part of the text club, just text the word podcast to 972-945-9113. That's podcast to 972-945-9113. And every single morning, I'm going to start my day by finding a way to encourage, empower, or motivate you to start your day stronger and show up and compete every day. Now, we don't have any other announcements. We've got some fun things in the works that are coming next week to the Compete Everyday store in the terms of a spring drop with bright colors, floral prints, and a whole lot of other things that you've never seen before. But that's next week. Today, we're talking to my man, Ben Newman, and I am excited. So let's get this show rolling. Ben, welcome to the Compete Everyday podcast. 
Jake, thank you so much for having me. Couldn't couldn't be any more excited. So I, I know you and I are going to have some fun based upon a lot of our dialogue we've had. So I'm ready to cut it loose with you. Yeah, man. I, you know, I, first I've got to ask and kick things off. We just chatted a little bit off air. Uh, for those that follow me on Instagram, I posted something around uh, the other day around motivation is fickle. Uh, motivation comes and goes. You, you need the discipline and, and to show up and do the work. And you and I had a dialogue off air as well as on Instagram around it. And, and I think a lot of it is first the feeling and the definition of motivation. But what I want to ask before we start is, what do you define motivation as and how do you look at it as part of integral or a necessary requirement for our work? Well, first off, I would share with you that I always go to one of the first rules of sports psychology, right? And that's that for an athlete to perform at their highest level, and this speaks to somebody in the business world as well, yep. but for an athlete to perform at their highest level, they cannot solely rely on their natural talents and abilities they have to understand the mental toughness side of what it takes to achieve peak performance. And what I've found in working with some significantly high performers in their space is that there is a uniquely defined burn or deep rooted motivation why they're going to take action that day. <clears throat> so for me, where I was having fun with it and taking, uh, taking jabs at you, but I know that you believe in people's internal motivation is that you can't take action without understanding the reason why you want to take action, right? So for, and some people can explain it and it's eloquent and they know exactly what it is. And some people are like, I don't know what it is, but there's just something in me and I wake up and I'm gonna go compete every day. I'm gonna go make it happen every day. I'm gonna win every day. <clears throat> but for me, I'm just a big believer that there has to be a combination of both, right? It's understanding mental toughness, understanding what, drives you internally, but then taking those natural talents with the definition of what it means to have a great day. And then you go attack it from both sides and you win that day one day at a time. I love it. And you, as you defined for me, the burn is about understanding your internal drive and motivation coupled with extreme consistency and habits, which creates our championship mindset. That, in, that internal burn for you, do you see it? And let me ask because of your work, do you see it more productive when it comes from a place of fear or a place of gratitude? Well, <clears throat> mine comes from a place of deep rooted pain of having to grow up very fast in my life. And, you know, for everybody, it's different. As I answer your question, I want everybody to recognize I'm not the only one that has a story, right? Jake's got a story. Everybody listening, you have a story. There's something that motivates you. There's some example or maybe somebody made sacrifice for you. For me, I had to grow up fast. My mother was diagnosed with a rare muscle disease when I was just a young boy in 1985. Uh, fast forward 11 days before my eighth birthday, my mother actually uh, passed away from a disease called amyloidosis. And each and every single one of us in our muscles, we have amyloids. If you have an excess of amyloids, you'd have this disease called amyloidosis. My mother, when she was diagnosed, was told she was only the second woman under 40 years old that one of the two foremost leading experts in the world had ever heard of having amyloidosis. Gave my mother two to four years to live. My mother ended up taking out a journal where she unleashed her positive mental attitude into the world. My mother would write, beat the statistics, beat the odds, live with the disease that is chronic and fatal, believe in yourself, combat anything, purpose in life. And even though my mother passed away 11 days before my eighth birthday, 
I remember my mother putting one foot in front of the other, one foot in front of the other, one foot in front of the other, to make it to the head of the dining room table every night. Parents were divorced when I was six months old. I never knew my parents together. And every night she'd sit at the leader of our family, at the head of that dining room table, look my older brother Drew in the eyes and say, Drew, how was your day at school? And then look me dead square in the eyes and say, honey, how was your day at school? <clears throat> and I always got the honey because I was the younger son. So <laughs> I got to get some of you guys to laugh a little bit because you probably didn't expect <clears throat> that this is where I was going with this. But that's where my burn comes from. It comes from saying, wait a second. If my mother was a single mom fighting to make ends meet, rare muscle disease that most people have never even heard of, and she could come to the dinner table to ask me how, how my day was at school, to take your terminology, Jake, how in the hell can I not compete every day? How can I not look at every single day as a gift and say, with this gift that I've been given, I'm not going to choose to make the most of it. And so for me, that's created this burn inside of me. And it's that burn that lights my why and my purpose that then causes me to take the necessary action every, every single day. I, I'm curious about this because for those that aren't as familiar with your work as perhaps I am or a few other listeners, they come across your Instagram. They see, you know, everyone you're working with. They see how accomplished you are. We know you didn't start at that point, but you think, man, Ben's just got this fire, this attitude. He's got the burn. I don't quite have that. Did you ever have a point along your journey, maybe before you started coaching people and, and speaking where maybe that burn was a little bit more of a smolder and, and you forgot some of it? And, and if you did, how did you reignite it or refocus back on it? So here, here's what I would share, and I'm glad you bring this up because I have been doing this for over 15 years, and a lot of people, right, they, they, they reach out to guys like us and they say, I got this message, like, I should go, you know, like, speak to the Pittsburgh Pirates, I should go speak to the St. Louis, and you're like, okay, just hold on a second, like, this might take some time. We have to might, yeah. might start somewhere than a major league baseball club, right? Yep. And so I appreciate the question because I want to take you back to, yes, I've always had this burn because of what I saw with my two eyes and, and before I turned eight years old. Some people, the burn has always been there, some, but I'm going to answer for me. So the burn has always been there. I've been blessed to have mentors and coaches in my life mentors and coaches and loved ones who were there to pick me up off that mat of life on the days I did not want to do it. And I think sometimes for guys like you and I, people think that we're just <clears throat> completely wired this way. And we don't have days where we wake up and say, I don't want to do my workout or I want to eat poorly. Of course, I wake up some days and say, I want to eat poorly. I just choose to not eat poorly unless it's a reason that I'm supposed to be eating poorly. Right. Yeah, or, I think I've heard you say you would eat pancakes every day if, if you could. <laughs> Yeah, but, but see, then, then to me, I become a fake, right? If you were to say to me, hey, Ben, how was your morning routine today? <laughs> oh, Jake, you know, typically, you know, here's what I do. But today, I, I just didn't feel like it. I woke up, canceled my first three phone calls, took the kids to school, which I do every day anyway, took the kids to school, but like the kids could tell I was a little bit off, came home, made a big stack of pancakes, extra butter, extra maple syrup. And hey, I was on time for our interview. I, I would be the biggest fake and fraud there is. And I'm not saying that somebody has to compete the way that you compete every day. I'm not saying somebody has to compete the way that I compete every day. But going back to your question, compete where you are. Like everybody wants the result. Everybody wants to work with the NFL player. Everybody wants to work with the NBA player. Everybody wants to work with the Alabama Crimson Tide football team. I sent a street sign to Nick Saban in 2013 to get his attention 
And I'm getting ready. I actually go to spring ball this Friday on the 26th and 27th of March to kick off my fourth year of working with the Crimson Tide. It's 2021. I just told you I sent, sent him a street sign in 2013. This did not happen overnight. And I strategically sat in this part of my office on purpose today for this interview because I knew with your background, I had a hunch you were going to ask me about how I actually got started. So I did this on purpose to catch everybody. What do you think everybody's been looking at so far? Most people are probably expecting it to be the football jersey in the top left or the helmet right behind you. And I know just based on research, it's that basketball in the top right corner. You got it. It's right here. Okay. So everybody's going to look at, oh, that's a national championship helmet from this year's team. Oh, there's a Nick Saban autograph signed football. There's, no, no, no. You nailed it. See, because this is what people don't notice and what people don't pay attention to is oftentimes where people actually had to start. So in 2011, my old high school basketball coach, my work in coaching and speaking started in 2006 for my work as a financial advisor. And so for five years, I didn't do anything in sports. Everything was working with advisors. That's what I knew. It was in the business world, coaching, speaking, writing books, nothing in sports. 2011, my old high school basketball coach calls me and he called me Benny Boy, still calls me Benny Boy to this day. <clears throat> and he says, Benny Boy. And I, I was never that athletic. I mean, I'm, I'm an athletic guy, but I played with three D1 guys. I was slow. I couldn't jump. I could shoot a little bit, but I was the guy, if I made it, I was on good terms. If I missed it, I was sitting on the bench. <clears throat> and he says, Benny Boy, because he knew I always had a heart, right? I was a leader back then. It was just something I always prided myself on. If I didn't have the physical ability, I'm going to give my all to the team in every way that I could. And so he says, Benny boy, I need you to come fire up these kids. They're underperforming. They're way better than that. Just come fire these kids up. I said, coach, I would do anything for you. I said, tell me where I need to be. Parkway Central High School. They were the number 10 team in the city. I went to a high school named Ledoux High School. I drive out that night. I fire the kids up. <clears throat> they were unranked. They knock off Parkway Central. And brother, I was hooked. I've now gone back for 10 years to my high school. And so that's why that is so prominent in my office. When you, so the front door of my office is right here. And then there's all kinds of stuff on the wall here. But that is the first thing that you see eye level when you walk into my office, because that's where it all started. And I'm never going to forget that. And I'll never stop giving back to these kids. 10 years I've gone back. I've never been paid a penny for my old high school to go and speak. And most people, they call us, oh, I want to speak, but I got to get paid. Don't focus on the money. Don't, this is not about you. You don't get into a career to want to help people connect to their burn, to discover their habits, to be the best they can be because it's about you. And so that basketball was the first basketball I was given from the players at the school. There's a letter there from my head coach from 1996 that he wrote me. And so that shelf is all about that phone call that he made where I said yes to going back in 2011 to speak for free. That's right, for free to a high school basketball team. And that's where it all started. I, and I love that. And I've shared a little bit on our podcast before. I started compete selling t-shirts out of the trunk of my car um, behind a gym <laughs> in Dallas. Like 
I get it. And, and you go speak for free because a company ask or school ask, and especially early on, you have, you have no idea about the speaking industry. You're like, yeah, you know, let me go fire them up. Let's go talk. How can I encourage those people today? And you hit the nail on the head as well of saying like, you don't get into that space about you because your mission, your, your purpose is to serve others and help others become better and let them go and make impacts. And so for those listening, like you have to start and it's not going to probably be in the, the big arenas. It's going to be in a small gymnasium or in a little office, but until you start getting those reps and getting better and helping people, you don't get the opportunities in those bigger stages. So Ben, I, I love hearing that you talked about your coaches. And let, me, let, me, yeah. let, 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 let me mention one thing. Yeah. I think we have to fr frame this appropriately because I know you've been there. I've been there. I have literally been paid coffee cups. Can you, can you imagine you come home and you're telling your wife, I have this dream. I'm going to build this opportunity. I'm going to speak. I'm going to coach people. And so, oh, how did it go today? Right? Like, did, what, was there a budget? I got this coffee cup. Yeah. And, and you, you know, it's not a joke. Oh, yeah. 100%. I've been there. And you're getting these looks like, babe, I, I love you. I fully support you. You've got, but like, honey, that's a coffee cup. Like the... The mortgage company does not accept a coffee cup in order to pay the bills. And oh, so I, just, I encourage everybody, wherever you are, it's probably not your final chapter. Just like where I am right now, I feel like I'm only scratching the surface of what I will be able to achieve because I have these mentors and coaches who push me like crazy. They make me feel like I haven't done anything yet. And I love that. So just for, for me, I'm just scratching the surface for if we always have this mentality, we're scratching the surface. We have so much more to learn, but I'm going to own it where I am right now. You'll never stop growing. So there's two things you said right there. I, I want to hit on the first is I've heard you mention this before of, of most of us or a lot of people. We have a problem of looking forward and looking for other opportunities versus looking closer to home and where we are and how we can help, especially when starting how does someone start to reframe it to say, I'm still hungry. I'm still believe I'm scratching the surface, but where can I serve? Where can I be of value right here immediately? Well, I would say what's the immediate action step, right? So <clears throat> I know this is not what people want to hear, but if I just shared with you that I started with my high school, what are the five phone calls that you could make right now? Whether I don't care if you're selling widgets or you want to be a speaker or a coach, whatever, or t-shirts. What are the five phone calls that you can make as soon as you're done listening to this interview? Forget about money that actually connect you to the future that you desire. And what if you actually wrote down those names, you grabbed those phone numbers and you actually took the action step to contact them for a reason why you could help them. Don't make it about you. It's not generating revenue. It's not what's in it for me. It's you're making that phone call because of the actual burn inside you, the reason why you would want to go make a difference for that organization. That is something you could do right now. And I'll tell you, those who actually do it, they'll have a great opportunity over time of repeating that behavior over and over and over again to allow that vision to become a reality. Unfortunately, and I, I don't like to sugarcoat things. I've mentioned that. They're going to hear so, it. They're not going to. They, they, don't, they don't want to hear it. They want to hear that it was a magic pill. They want to hear that Nick Saban was actually an old friend that I knew and he called me and that's where I got my start. No, that's not where I got my start. It'd be great if I got my start there. Or would it be? I mean, and see, that's where, that's where people get tricked, right? They yep. think it, it wouldn't be great. I had to start where I started 
in order to be able to understand when the timing was right, I would be ready. And it's well, the same for all of us. And it gives you the same opportunity to say, look, this is how it started. This is what I did in 2013. This is how I built. Because otherwise it's like, oh, Nick Saban was an old friend and he brought me in. It is a completely different story. And people will make excuses to justify their own lack of effort and lack of action of like, well, he was just lucky he already knew him versus no, like he had no clue who he was. Ben built this. Here's how he built it. Then you you can say this is the work along the way that you have to do. You have to show up. Uh, one of the things that you've mentioned as well in here that I think is incredibly crucial is the power of those mentor relationships and coaches. You still work with coaches. You obviously offer a coaching program for people and, and believe in the power of mentors. How does someone that maybe doesn't have that mentor, hasn't had a coach since sports in, in high school or college, where do they get started in terms of finding a mentor relationship and how one, they can add value to that mentor and get that relationship built. So it's not just, Hey, what can you do for me or who can you introduce me to? Sure. So it's a, it's a great question. And I want to start by answering the point that you mentioned right at the beginning there. I still have two coaches. I have two coaches. I literally started reading my ninth book of the year this morning. I am so far from figuring this thing out. So number one, it has to be a check the ego mentality that no matter what we've accomplished, you do not get seduced by success and start telling yourself how great you are and you've got it all figured out. And anytime you're resisting coaching, there's going to be excuse. Well, I can't do. Okay. So let's start at the most basic. How about for, for free? Like go find an accountability partner, go find a friend in your office. So let's say somebody listening right now. I started my career as a paper broker, okay? <clears throat> and so when I was a paper broker in Chicago, I didn't have a coach. I had two great uh, mentors in the company that taught me sales. But I could have gone to one of my colleagues and said, let's coach each other. Like, what are the things that are working? And I didn't do this. What are the, th- now, I, now that I know this, I wish I would have. You know, I could have gone to Nate Burroughs and said, Nate, what are the things you're doing that are working? Let me share some of the things that, and we could have coached each other and held each other accountable. Right. So when people hear coaching, oh, I can't afford it. You, you can't afford to have an accountability partner where you take 30 minutes of your week and say, did you do or not do what you said you were going to do this week? Like we all can do it. It's easy to make the excuses. And then th- whether somebody does coaching with our team, whether you do, co- I just believe in coaching. So whether it's free, whether you go back to a friend, whether you hire somebody else, you don't have to hire me or part of my company. What I'm saying is, You have to have that accountability in your life. Somebody who's looking out for you, who understands you, who's going to call you out when you're not showing up consistently, doing the things you know you need to do to have that vision that you say you want. I love it. I love it. You you have to have the iron to sharpen you throughout your life. With my two high school basketball coaches, right? The one who called me. He's still one of my mentors. I write about, these guys are characters in books that I write. I played for these guys. I I graduated high school in 1997. That's almost 25 years ago. I graduated and these guys are still in my life, influencing me and helping me. And and those aren't, those are just mentors. Those aren't my two coaches, right? Those are, So I've always believed in it. And I know that you believe in it too. I think you've just got to silence the excuses and find a way to take action to have accountability in your life. If you don't have it right now. 
I love it. I love it. And, and we talk about accountability is so crucial to success. And, and so I love hearing how you hit that home for them. Uh, as we wrap up today, Ben, one of the last things I want to talk about is the power of affirmations. And I've heard you share a little bit of the story of Enos Williams and, and your relationship. Yeah. One of the things where I think a lot of people get tripped up on affirmations, and I would love your thoughts on it, is the idea of telling yourself things that aren't true. And, you know, I'm rich, I'm wealthy when you have a hundred bucks in the bank and how that doesn't work as well as what's within your control and telling yourself, I'm going to outwork this, or I'm going to be the hardest worker on my team. And so talk to me, your viewpoints on affirmations and how crucial they've been for you as well as the people you work with. So you, you mentioned Aeneas Williams, who is a dear friend of mine. I mean, you talk about a mentor in my life. You know, many people see Aeneas Williams playing 14 years in the NFL, Hall of Famer, all that man has done more things off the football field than he ever did on a football field. He's helped me through challenging periods of, of, of personal uh, despair in my life. He's always been there for me. And I, I love this story. I mean, you talk about affirmations. He shows up to one of our boot camp events. He's speaking here in St. Louis. People had flown in. It was a dinner event. He walks in and he's carrying this notebook. And I'd never seen this notebook before. And he opens up this notebook and it's all red writing, handwriting, his handwriting, which I had seen before. And he goes and he starts sharing with the audience that night. He says, when I was heading into my senior year at Southern University, now keep in mind, he walked on at Southern University as a junior, okay? So for those that maybe don't follow like sports, like how many people walk on to a division one football program and Southern University, not a powerhouse, but walks on without having played sophomore, freshman or sophomore, that doesn't happen. No. He then makes the team as a junior. He's then starting by the end of his junior year. And now he's sitting in his dorm room before his senior year starts. And I'm just going to share three of the goals. He had pages of goals in red pen and three of the goals. He said, I will play in such a way that my coaches will get promoted to better jobs. I will lead my team to the Super Bowl. And I will be recognized as one of the greatest cornerbacks to ever play the game. Jake, in all capital letters, Hall of Fame. He's sharing this with us, and we're picturing him sitting at this old wooden desk in this dorm room at Southern University with this red pen that we can see the ink writing down these goals. So to your point, had he achieved those things? No. Most people would have thought he was crazy for even putting them on paper, having walked on one year earlier at Southern. And so we have a choice in life. When you believe something, you either surround yourself with people who support you, love you based upon your beliefs and say, I believe you can do that. Or they're the naysayers, which you don't have to give them your energy, your power. Aeneas was blessed to have amazing coaches and mentors who supported those beliefs. And Aeneas believed in himself. And every day, you talk about competing every day. This guy, this man competed every day. And you fast forward to 2021. The number of goals that he wrote down, it's incredible what he accomplished. But let's just unpack the three that I just shared. I will play in such a way that my coaches get promoted to better jobs. Five of his direct coaching, uh, his direct report coaches in the NFL alone were promoted to head coaching jobs. Most notably was Lovey Smith, who ended up becoming, who was defensive coordinator when Aeneas went to the Super Bowl with the Rams. 
he went on to take the Chicago Bears to the Super Bowl. Okay, five just in the pros. Fellow East Texas man myself. There you go. And then you have the second goal. I will lead my team to the Super Bowl. Aeneas gets signed after 11 amazing Pro Bowl years in Arizona, signed to the St. Louis Rams, comes to St. Louis, the beloved Rams. He goes to the Super Bowl, loses. That was the first year that Tom Brady won out of all of his run, loses to Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. And if Aeneas were here right now, he, should have, he would tell us, I should have written down bigger goals, lead my team and win the Super Bowl. He only put lead the team. He was a captain of that team. And the final thing that Aeneas wrote, right? I'll be recognized one of the greatest cornerbacks to ever play the game, Hall of Fame. Now let's put this into context. There's only 350 men who have ever walked the face of the earth at any position that are in the Hall of Fame, much less defensive backs. I don't know, maybe there's 30, 40 defensive backs, maybe 30 to ever walk the face of the earth. I was in Canton, Ohio with Aeneas watching him give his Hall of Fame speech 14 rows surrounded by the greatest show on turf. It was one of the craziest experiences of my life. Looking at Aeneas, the culmination of what he shared that night to all of us, when he shared it, he hadn't become a Hall of Famer yet. And then to literally hear him giving this speech and you're looking at it going, he believed that 20 years ago. And he never stopped doing the work every day to achieve it. No matter what any reporter said, there was no social media back then when he was playing, but no matter what social media would have said, how big or crazy his goals were, he just kept believing in him. And then I will share with you, I would recommend go back and listen to that Hall of Fame speech. So many Hall of Fame speeches, it's all about the individual. Aeneas is a pastor now in St. Louis. He's amazing. It's always about what he can do for somebody else. So here he's got this greatest platform ever one of the 350 men to ever walk the face of the earth to go to the hall of fame. And here he decides to make the speech all about you, all about each of us. And he literally says, start with the end in mind and die empty. And he delivers his motivational speech when it was supposed to be like, you know, his stats and accolades to get all. And he took the opportunity to say, if there's millions watching, I want to change somebody's life tonight. And that just speaks to the man who he is but the belief he had in affirmations, which then fueled his ability to become who we know him to be today. Well, and, and what I've always been struck when I've heard you share that story is the power that those first two affirmations were around the idea of how can I use what I've been given to help others? How can I impact and play so well that my coaches go on to get promoted? How can I be the leader that leads our team to the Super Bowl and make that impact? It's a day. Who, who, who even has goals like that, right? Yeah. My, I'm, I'll play in such a way my coaches get promoted to better jobs. You don't even hear people speak that way. No. Much think that way. It's extraordinary. It's incredible. It's a, and so speaking along those lines, it's a very uncommon form of leadership that we don't see today and what we need more of. You have a new book coming out called Uncommon Leadership that I know is, is mo you've got multiple books in the pipeline that you've already written, have published, I highly recommend. This one's coming out later this year. Give us a quick synopsis of what people can expect with it um, and where we can go pick up Uncommon Leadership. So I believe we all have an opportunity to reach our greatest potential by winning one day at a time. And essentially, we're never a finished product, so you never finish it. So it's this constant, you go for it. 
if you're hearing that and that seems like uncomfortable to you, that's what an uncommon mindset is. And many people run from that uncommon mindset. And what this book encourages people to do, it's to choose to be uncommon every day. It's to choose to understand that you can think differently. You can show up differently. And uncommon leadership takes 11 ways that the greatest leaders lead. So stories from my work with Coach Saban to the influence that my mother had on my life. And these 11 leaders sharing what it truly means to be an uncommon leader and essentially, you're all leading yourselves, and you're also an example for somebody. Whether you have a title as leader or not, we're all leaders. Is that here's this opportunity for you to become an uncommon leader in a world where you have the opportunity to do whatever you believe you can do, which was just evident by what I shared with Aeneas Williams. But uh, couldn't be any more excited about the book. It comes out August 3rd, which the publisher strategically picked that date because that's right at the beginning of training camp. So with all my work in sports, they wanted it to be a training camp release. And so very excited about it. And uh, people can actually pre-order it. The best way is probably just to visit our Instagram page at Continued Fight. And then up at the top in the bio, there's information that'll lead you to uh, understanding how you can pre-order the book right now. Awesome. And we'll be linking to that in the show notes as well as all the social posts. Ben, where can, besides Instagram, where can we find and get connected with you to learn more about the Burn podcast, your coaching and everything else you have going on? So Instagram is probably the, the most common, as I mentioned, at Continued Fight, but bennewman.net is the website. And uh, certainly look forward to staying connected with so many of you. And Jake, I appreciate uh, you taking the time and, and reaching out. And uh, I appreciate all of your listeners taking the time for us to all spend time together today. Thanks, my man. It's been a pleasure. I appreciate you joining the show. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast. To listen to past episodes, be sure to check out podcast.competeeveryday.com. And to get in touch with the show, email us at podcast at competeeveryday.com. Everybody wants to win, but not everybody's willing to compete for that victory. Since you're one who will, Show up today and win. We're cheering for you.